Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. everybody. I am Cynthia Garrett. Welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. You know the place you're about to get rocked by some real girls having real talk about real issues while seeking to stand and live in real faith, uh, real Christian faith. You know, we have rooted our identity firmly in the fact that we are God's daughters. We love Jesus. He's our Lord and Savior. And we love all of you. Because we know that God loves you. And and no matter who you are, saved, unsaved, straight, gay, black, white, yellow, pink, pink, purple, and brown. It, It does not matter. God loves you and has a plan for your life if you will accept him and allow him to become Lord of your life. And all I can say is my opinion of how you live your life doesn't matter. Your opinion of how you live your life doesn't matter unless you can tell me right now definitively that you are God or that whomever you're talking to, whatever doctor, psychologist, teacher, school principal, lawyer, or friend is God. If so, I really would like to meet them because I've never met God on earth. I've only met God, uh, you know, in the spirit. And there is only one God. And so that one God sent us a savior when he became the God man, God become flesh, whom we know as Christians to be Jesus Christ. And so if you want to know God, you will find yourself looking deeply into who Jesus is, you know, and you will find yourself trying to understand what the Bible says about who God is, because Who God is, is who you are because we are created in God's image. And so it's important to just remember that Christian selfhood is not defined in terms of who we are in and of ourselves. It's defined in terms of what God does to us and the relationship that he creates with us and the destiny that he appoints for us. Okay. So Christian selfhood isn't defined in terms of who we are in and of ourselves. Who we are in and of ourselves is not adequate because who we are in and of ourselves apart from God is like the tree that I'm looking at right now in my yard. It is winter. It is barren. It has no leaves on it and it is bearing no fruit. It is, it's defined in terms of what God does to us. That's what our Christianity and our identity is, 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 and needs to be rooted in what God does to us and the relationship that he creates with us and the destiny that he appoints for us because we have a destiny. And it is appointed to each man to do something, something that includes our partnership with God to achieve and to live a really happy and full life. God made us who we are, guys, so we could make him known to the whole world. That's our destiny, really. 
God made us who we are so we could make known who he is. Our identity is for the sake of making known his identity. We believe a lot of lies about ourselves, you know, and if we're honest with ourselves, we often feel insecure and those who hide it the best often feel it the most. Trust me. But our insecurity is an invitation from God to escape the danger of false beliefs about who we are and find true peace in who he is. Because when I am feeling the most insecure, it's when I'm believing falsities about myself, falsities and lies and accusations and projections made sometimes by other people who even would say they love me or have known me for the longest time in my life. But when we're not comfortable in what those people are saying, it's a blessing and a gift from God because I always want to be made to feel awkward and uncomfortable and not at peace with lies about my identity in anything other than Jesus. That's where, that's where you get the peace because that's the truth. That's where you get the peace because truth is love and he loves us and love is truth. And too often we don't want to speak the truth to other people because we're afraid of making them feel that we're not supporting their identity. But the reality is that if you love people, you will figure out how with all the love inside of you, you can speak the truth to them. Because not speaking the truth to people allows them to live their lives potentially in a state of total interior despair no matter what it looks like on the outside. So joining me in studio today to continue this conversation, uh, a conversation that is always rooted in identity. Let's just be real about it. Um, Girl Club may as well be called the Identity Club. So welcome in studio, Nova Page, Christina Boudreaux, and Summer Garrett. Hi, guys. You know, it's... It is, it's, it's interesting as we pick up, you know, in this place where we have been before um, in this new week with the the 21 day identity challenge that, you know, we've all uh, been a part of, and now we're kind of dissecting some of the videos that are being sent in because of that challenge. But I think it's so interesting, you guys, and I just would love to kind of start out by really asking you to kind of reflect on Why, if God offers peace, right? When we turn to God and we root our identity in him and we know that he gives us peace, we know that he counteracts the lies that are being spoken to us. Why is it so difficult to get other people who are clearly not at peace to accept him and true peace? Right. Big question. I mean, what's the, what's the scripture, Cynthia, that says like, it's going to be foolishness, you know, the the word of God will be foolishness to those who don't know him. I, I, I just, it just kind of, you know, it's, it, it will be foolishness because yeah. we, we're kind of living in a, for lack of better term, just a real clown world right now where we've come so far around the circle that lies become truth and truth becomes lies. And we don't know where we are, but honestly, something you said in your opener hit me and you said I want to be awkward with the lies I love that you said that did you know you said that I want to be like awkward like I don't want I want the lies to feel super awkward because again and you said like you know people will live desperate in their interior lives and sad and broken um and the only way you know that that they're going to get that freedom is understanding the truth and then eventually becoming just really awkward with their lives. And to be honest with you, I've seen some people living out in a false identity and you know what? They look awkward doing it because you know what? God put the truth in us from the very beginning. He did. He he put it. He put his, he created us and knit us together in our mother's womb. And he created us on purpose in his image. And when we try to go and rip ourselves from that, we look awkward walking down the street because we're living a lie. And I know that's not popular and I don't care. Bam. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's almost like, you know, I see people 
accepting these sort of false identities for their life, making a lifestyle out of it, making a movement out of it, you know, making a religion out of it, a faith out of it, you know, church building churches on it, like all kinds yeah. of stuff, right? Yeah. And and it's very interesting to me that they they don't just look awkward. I've I've interacted and talked with and and tried to love on and and be around, you know, people who are coming from this place. They are not comfortable in their skin. I don't care what they say. I don't care how they try to dress it up like I am living my authentic self. I'm doing me blah blah blah. They're awkward. It's an act. It's an act. There's a lot of you know, we talk about in the church, you know, people the the performance. I you know, um, even as, as believers, like people will get up on stage and it's this performance. And you know what? Often it's people are right. We, we, we perform and, and we live inauthentically. But I think just because we're human, we, we do that, but with Christ. um, And again, like we've talked about in the past of just really reflecting on the truth of God's word, we move from that space into desiring, not feeling awkward with the lies and instead desiring the truth and becoming these authentic people. So we are in the business of transformation and becoming who Christ Christ intended us to be. But when you are stuck in the lie, you know, and you are living out those lies and you're living out, like you said, that, that awkward lie, it is very easy actually to identify that now. Yeah. And, and yeah. that actually does cause me, Cynthia, to also have compassion yeah. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. not us versus them. Like eh, it's the enemy's a liar. And I have so much compassion because you're believing something that is so not true about who God created you to be and, and yeah. who he, who he says you are. And that should cause us to have yeah. great empathy and compassion. And that might be the missing link in all of this is we're like us versus them and the compassion and empathy is lost. And then yeah. it creates this big gap. And I think, can we just be bridge builders? Like, yeah. I, I feel like God's just saying, can you just be a bridge builder? Not that, not that there is agreement. Like I just accept who you are. No, I accept who Christ made you to be. And I believe that you're living in an inauthentic place, but let me, let me love you and let me show you what Christ's love does. And that's why our testimonies are important. Cynthia, when you share your testimony about, Oh, you, Oh, I already know. I've like, you've lived that life. You already know that's why your testimony is important. That's why we share our testimony because it, it gives people this springboard and this bridge to go, okay, you get it. So what, how'd you do that? Exactly. Right. 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 Because what we, we build bridges to people. We don't build bridges to sin. Like I, I don't, you know, I always wanted to be a person that was walking people out of sin across the bridge into kingdom living, into being loved by a kingdom, you know, kingdom people and God, like the way that it was really supposed to be. And, and I, and I I was always in tune with, you know, even, I mean, when I was literally surrounded by more sin and secularism than more kingdom in Jesus, I, I had that concern even then because there was something in me that was put in my DNA by the creator who made me that would oftentimes be in situations and be like, this is awkward and uncomfortable because it's not right. I don't feel good around this situation. And, and a lot of times that situation was like on a red carpet or at an award show, sitting in the best seats in the house or with a bunch of famous people. And, and I was so aware, oh, wow, the world is looking at me in this situation and they're seeing cool, hip, awesome, you know, and I'm in it feeling, oh, this is not right. Oh, this isn't truth. Oh, this is, if, but if I really love all these people around me, shouldn't I speak the truth? But then if I speak the truth, there, people are going to get mad at me. They're going to hate me. But from the place of love, I would want to say, I know you're going to hate me, but can I share something with you? And, and it's like, it's like Charles Finney writes in his book, Lessons in Revival, like, how dare you call yourselves Christians if you aren't snatching people 
out of hell every day, unconcerned with what they think about you. That is so convicting to me because it's difficult to, I mean, look at it that way because I realize, like, oh my gosh, there have been so many people around me who are on a path to hell. It ends in death and destruction. And I really believe that with all my heart. And I don't want that person to end there. And so I should be saying to them more than maybe I've said to them, can you just please listen to me and trust me? Like, just get to know Jesus, get to know him, try and read the Bible. Like if you, because I know this, if you don't like God, if you're not interested in knowing about God, if you don't believe in Christ, if you think all Christians are, are phony and blah, 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 then you're looking at people. You're not looking at God. Number one, people, people and their opinions don't matter. My opinion does not matter. What matters, like I said, is God's opinion. We all know that. <laughs> Even atheists, you know, know, there's something that they, you know, their God is atheism. Their God is no God. They built their whole lives on no God. That's a God. Ding, 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 ding. That's a God. That is a mentality of I've made a God for myself. It is the God of atheism. So whatever God you've made for yourself, unless that thing is God, you're listening to the wrong thing. You're taking your identity cues from the wrong thing. And that's why I'm saying like opinions don't matter. God matters. And what God says about us is in the Bible. That's why it's called the word of God. And it is alive and active. That's why the Bible tells us it's alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that's why I know that speaking identity over yourself will set you free from the identity potentially being spoken over you from other people or even over you from your own mind that might be believing a bunch of lies. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, 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 I literally have watched people wreck themselves, you know, by, I mean, you know, they'll come out of a lifestyle that they think was inauthentic to step into a lifestyle that they think is authentic. And what happens is while they're on the momentary euphoria of I stepped into this authenticity they don't know that everyone and everything around them is going, oh, wow. They don't even get how foolish they look. Yet all the people around them going, oh, wow, are afraid to speak the truth to a loved one. Like, it's just all really complicated, you know? It's messy. It's messy. really messy. Mm. It, it It is like, and when people say a oh, life is messy, it's really people are messy, right? Like people are messy. This yeah. is, this is messy. And, and the truth is we're, we're called to the mess, but you know, Jesus cleans it up, but we are called to show up and, and, yeah. and, and, and be his hands and feet. We are, yeah. you yeah. know, that's, that's, that's true. And I, I think something that popped in my, in my spirit is, you know, often with my kids, you know, I, I will praise them in public, but I rebuke them in private. Mm -hmm. And I think as we, we move into relationship with people that are really different than us, that we remember just to, you know, there is a time for that rebuke and that truth. And, but, you know, when, when, when we're in, cause we, we're in these different settings, but we, we, there is some, like, we really have to have grace and know our, our moments because there are soil in these people's hearts. Right. And like, you gotta, not that we're in control of that either, but just to be sensitive yeah. to the spirit of God, when is it time to, you know, show up and speak that truth and how it's to be done. It That's the part where we really need to discern from the Holy spirit. Like, what is your timing here, Lord? How do you want me to speak? And sometimes like you, Cynthia, you're on Fox News, like you're speaking publicly and God gives you that moment and you have to, you know, have your economy of words and you, you speak it and you speak yeah. truthfully. And then, you know, there are times when you're with your friends in private and you have to like rebuke in that way, yet, in, yet encourage them even in a public setting. Like yeah. we have to know, and that only, we can only learn that by living. 
and being truthful. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, you know, one of the things I've learned about doing news hits is, you know, because I've been in TV my whole life. So I've done half hour shows, one hour shows, 15 minute, you know, segments, three minute segments, 30 second segments, you name it, right? The hardest thing about it is it's very difficult to share the fullness of God required for today in an economy of words, right? So Mm -hmm. like, it's a difficult forum and, uh, and you know, and it's, it's, you know, I told someone yesterday, I said, you know, you know, me, I need my own platform. I need my own show to be able to really share a thought. I talk a lot. It's just how I communicate. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. It, It's a very difficult kind of thing to try to, you know, summarize what God needs to say into three, a three minute hit. But I will say this, the summary of what God needs to say and the Holy Spirit just dropped this in my spirit is really easy. And it's a, it's about a three second hit. John 316 for God so loved this ugly, disgusting, vile world that he gave his only begotten son (laughs) so that whoever would believe in him would not die, but have eternal life so that we could go before God cleansed because Jesus Christ is our righteousness. And, and, and you got to understand what that means to your identity to understand how to live this life with fire, purpose, passion, truly, truly, fiercely intimidating to the enemy and other people, you know, cause it's not to other people. It's our, our, our fight isn't against flesh and blood. We wrestle against spiritual forces and powers and principalities that literally infest people's lives mm. and deceive them. Just like Satan deceived Eve in the garden. He deceives us. And I, I've looked up before and went, hold on a second. I started out over there on that side of the beach. How did I drift over here down into the ocean over here? Because it's deception is so clever that you just sort of get lulled into, you know, a place of being distant from God or cold to the gospel or lost or, you know, we've got to constantly check our compass so that we know which way is due north constantly, Mm. constantly. You know, if yeah. we take our eyes off of that, we get in trouble. Mm. Yeah. Amen. You know, Cynthia. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, ahead. go CB. No, go. Okay. Um, I'm hearing like cross things. Um, I think one of the things that a lot of people, when you think of Christ, what is Satan? What did Satan promise Jesus? You know, when he tempted him in the wilderness, you know, during the time he was there, he said, if you bow down to me, I'll give you, you know, fame, dominion, all this stuff. Right. We live in a world where everything is about people because people want to be famous. But then a lot of people, I think more people, especially in Hollywood, believe that there is a Jesus or they they believe in Christ. They haven't put their faith in Christ, but I think they really believe that there is, you know, Jesus and Satan because of what people are into. But the thing is, is that they're not willing to, when you come to Christ, people aren't willing to come to Christ because they don't want to surrender, dude. They don't want to surrender because um, what, what, when we come to Christ, it's like we surrender our fame for his glory where it's no longer about us, dude. Like we put ourselves on the altar so that he could be magnified in our life. But you, and that's why some people in Hollywood falling and worshiping Satan, bowing down to them fame. Like the whole thing, what we've talked about, if you sell your soul, right? He gives you all these things because they don't want to, they don't want to trade. They don't know their identity. And so they don't want to trade their own fame for his glory. But what they don't realize is that when we give glory to him, like the Christians give glory to the Lord, it's no longer about us. It's about him. So even like, I know Summer can attest to this, you know, just with what you do with modeling. Like there's so, I'm sure you see so many girls where there's, it's just all about them. But even for me going back in, I'm like, it's not about me, dude. I don't, I don't care about posting another selfie this week. I don't care about all of that because I live my life to bring him glory, you know? And 
I just feel like that's why people don't want to just give their lives to Christ, especially, I know there's a lot of people that do believe that there is a Jesus, dude. I know that they believe, because if you are worshiping Satan, then you know that there's a Jesus, dude, but they just don't want to surrender. That was just why I felt like the word put on my heart. They don't want to surrender because they don't want to trade their own fame for his glory, dude. They, they don't know, they, they want it to be about them. Right. They don't want it. They don't want it to be about anyone else but them. They don't want it to be about right. him. They just want it to be about themselves. Right. So that was all that I have to say. Yeah. No. It and look, our job is to make him known. Like mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm truly living according to his image, and I'm looking like God, and I'm asking myself, what would Jesus do? And so I'm doing what Jesus would do, right? And I'm trying to apply that in every situation. Then. I mean, I'm making him known to the world around me. And the more that he is, and oftentimes, I mean, Nova, oftentimes that is like, to go to your point, that is the greatest statement we need to make about God. Some, you know, I, I, when, when you hear me guys, please don't get it confused. Like a lot of times we don't need to run out there with our picket signs and tell the world you're going to go to hell. You're in sin. Hold up. (laughs) That's not attractive. So, you know, we have to, what we attract people with is the light of Christ in us. And that takes some relationship to be in a lot of times with people, some time to gain their trust so that when their sin inevitably fails them and hurts them, and it always does, it always does, it always does. Whatever lifestyle lie you're living in, it will fail you, it will hurt you, it always does. I'm sorry. It always does. I know I'm speaking from personal experiences here. Whatever it is, whatever your thing is, <laughs> it will always hurt and disappoint you because if it ain't God, it ain't good. If it ain't truth, it ain't love. If it ain't word of God about you, it ain't powerful, period. And so when you understand that that's the reality, then you really understand the importance of knowing what God says about you and, and who, what God says about himself. And the first thing he says about himself is he is love. He is merciful. He is patient. He is kind. Like, I want to follow that. But, but come on, man, don't follow that in me or some other human because some days I am not patient. Some days I don't have a lot of mercy. Some days I may not be kind. It, I mean, I'm a human and I'm killing that stuff in myself every day so that he can live bigger in me and he can shine through me every day. So we're all in a constant you know, need to keep rechecking our compass. So we are heading due north. Due north is up. That is God, you know, period. And, and so that's why, you know, the content of this show really has become so much about every issue we look at is really looking at a lack of identity. You know, we have a lack of identity and um, I'd like to bring in um, Miche's next video. Summer, do you have a comment at this point? Um, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like, just with everything that we're talking about, um, it's just like coming to my mind, the book, The Seven Longings of the Human Heart, um, I believe yes. by Mike Bickle, how we're all created. And I see it. I mean, you hear stories about people who are so rich and they still feel empty in their life and they mm. commit suicide because they just feel like empty and because they didn't have God. And I believe that that's what it is. I do believe that we are... We have like things in us that have, that are voids and longings, like the book talks about. Mm. And I believe that they're only fulfilled with Jesus, with God. And I also believe that there's a, there's a battle for our soul, for sure. Like between, you know, the enemy, of course, he wants to like take us and he wants to, um, like he wants, I mean, obviously he doesn't want us to go to heaven. He doesn't want us to know God. And I think that when we're talking about people that struggle with their identity And, you know, there's like a vulnerability there because I think if you don't stand for anything, then you fall for anything. So if you go into the world with these voids and longings and you don't have, you know, your firm foundation 
in Jesus and in God, then I think you will fall for the first chance at belonging to an identity and holding an identity. And it could easily be the wrong one if you don't, if you don't know the truth. So I think that, you know, to love people is to share the truth is to share God's, you know, the truth about God and love. Um, Because I think that, you know, what does the verse say? The wage of sin is death or what? The wages of sin is death. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like when you're talking about the cost of not sharing the truth and it being something as like as horrible and as that person going to hell, I think it becomes really simple. Um, you just, you just speak it because at the end of the day, I think, I mean, I think that we definitely, um, we don't live to please people. We live to please God. So that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, I want to bring in, you know, while, while we've been in the, in the middle of this, um, and, and toward the end of this 21 day challenge that we issued here at Girl Club going into 2023, to really help us, you know, root ourselves in what God says about us, you know, and, and, and 21 days repeating a single and different scripture over yourself and meditating on it and reflecting on it is a really powerful thing. And so yeah. part of that challenge was I asked all of you, and it's not too late, you can do the challenge now. Um, it's not too late to send in your videos, please send them in. Uh, we'll start and, and continue looking at them as they come in, because I think they're important and you're important. You're in our girl club family, wherever you are in the world. I think it's amazing that you've chosen to be part of the tribe here, um, to listen regularly on podcasts or to watch us regularly on Cynthia Garrett ministries, YouTube channel. But if you go to the link in description, you can sign up for the challenge. Many of us are, you know, getting down into it, but I want your videos. And so some of the first videos to come in have come in from a woman who's just, she's just a gentle river of revelation. And so I want to bring in a video today from Girl Club Tribe regular, Mish Watkins. And um, Anna, would you, would you bring that video in so we can, we can have a look at it and talk about it? Hey, everyone. Um, day seven, I think this is. Um, I have been bought with a price. I'm not my own. I belong to God. And that's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Um, and this really hit home with me about your body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm a great lover of The Chosen, uh, which is now on Netflix. And I really would urge you all to watch it. It's so good in the depiction of the disciples and Jesus. But Mary Magdalene says it some stage, and I'm sort of paraphrasing here, when she says, um, I'm not the person I was. I've changed. And the difference is Jesus. And I think that's definitely what's happened to me. Um, I'm not the person I was with all my failures and lack of self-esteem and what have you. I've got a long way to go, long way to go. But since I believed in Jesus and my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has changed me and I want more and more to be like Jesus. Again, I've got a very long way to go and ego is the one thing I've really got to work on. Um, I think for all of us, I say it so often, if we could lose our ego, there'd be no wars, there'd be no strife because we'd all be trying to help each other. So that's my thought for day seven. I'm sorry there's no girl club tonight, but I'll see you all next week. And I've had a haircut. Um, yeah, get to a certain age and long hair just looks rubbish. <laughs> Bye everyone, see you next week. I I love that video. And, and I love what you've said in that video, Mish. And ladies, it's, I mean, there's so much here that's powerful. First of all, you know, it's, it's just the 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 knowing that ego, you know, ego is all about self, right? And someone told me years ago, ego, E-G-O, stood for edging God out. Mm. 
it's just perfect because when I am in ego, I have pushed God right on out the door. And when I have pushed God right on out the door, I can usually circle back to my ego, you know, my pride. Don't talk to me like that. Don't look at me like that. Don't say that to me in that tone, ego, ego, ego. Like I'm someone important and you need to treat me as such. That's a different kind of thing than standing up for who you are. You know, you know what ego feels like. It feels awkward and uncomfortable. Like we spoke about, I think last week, you know, or earlier in in today's broadcast, but sin, I want it to always feel awkward and uncomfortable to me. I don't want to get comfortable in the lies, in the falsities. I want to feel uncomfortable. And, you know, one of the things I can say that God has always done for me in my life is (laughs) one of the things, because he's done so many, but he's pursued me with and a never, you know, an unending love, a never dying love, like just this endless pursuit. And that pursuit felt like awkwardness and uncomfortability when I was doing something that was wrong, you know, that was sinful. And I, I realize now, and I, I'm so grateful for that because if God did not love me, he would have left me to be comfortable in my sin in my mistakes, in my failures. And if you love other people, you got to really pray about how to not leave them comfortable in their delusions or failures or mistakes. And, And sometimes that's just in a lot of prayer for them. Sometimes that's through getting into relationship with them so that they'll give you a position to speak from your heart to them because they trust you, because they know that you love them. Um, All of it requires time. T-I-M-E. No, I always say it. How do you spell love? T-I-M-E. You know? Um, But, you know, I just love everything about this video you know, and, and, and Misha's revelation here. Um, Summer, I felt like what she said may have spoken to you too, some. Yeah. Well, when, just when you were talking about the ego, um, that just really clicked something for me because, well, just a personal story. A couple of days ago, I was struggling with this because I'm just like more of a soft-spoken person. Um, I'm not the type of person to be confrontational and I love the Lord and I always want to be more like him so I always handle things any confrontational situations I always try to handle them you know what would Jesus do I really do try to do that and it's like I feel like though there are times when I just get walked all over and um it's like it was really frustrating and I was like in my room one night and I was like God you know a lot of people in my life tell me I should stand up for myself and I should say something, but you say you'll be my vindicator and I don't need to like get into conflict and you made me who I am. You know, I'm not the sort of person to like get confrontational and tell people how they should or shouldn't speak to me and, you know, and like get in, get out of peace that like that. And so, um, anyways, I was just like an, a second confirmation because when I was talking to God, he said like, you know, you're meant to do what I say, not like the world says, you know, you're meant to, um, let me be your vindicator, let it go, give grace, give love. Like, I think that, um, also love makes room for people to have flaws. Love makes room for people to not be Mm. perfect. And that's what love is. And I'm displaying love when I, you know, I mean, if my brother is rude to me, Okay, but give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, you, you know, I'm supposed to make room for him to make a mistake. Okay, I'll let it go. I love you. We could talk later and let it go. And there have been so many times where I, like, would just, like, cry about it or, like, be really upset and just tell God, like, that really hurt my feelings. And why do people think they could just walk all over me? I feel like kindness is really taken as a weakness in the world. And I think it's just one of those times where you just have to kind of understand that you look, I'm living, or me, I have to understand I'm living for God and I'm living to live the life. I'm living to live a life that pleases God, not other people. So, and including myself, I mean, I want to make him proud, not my flesh, 
because me getting yeah. into that and stooping down to that level is getting into the flesh. And I do believe that I'm my happiest when I am serving others. I think um, that's actually a statistic that the happiest people in the, in the world are the ones that serve others and the ones that put others first. And I think that that's how God intended it. And I think the world tries to like say the opposite get us to like vindicate ourselves and get into conflict and hate other people and just only think about ourselves. But if we really live like God and really try to like, you know, live and do actions in the image of God, I think we become a lot less on ego and a lot more on loving others. You know, um, Roger, he told me, he was like, um, Jesus said, if you love me, love my people. And love is yeah. doing for others, giving them grace, forgiveness. And so, yeah, that, that did touch me because it was a confirmation. Again. Wow. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. 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 I love your heart, Summer. Just like, just the, the like how the Lord speaks to you, dude. Because like, to be honest, I really struggle with that as well. Like what you said, like my whole life, um, just, you know, uh, growing up in a home where there was, like, so much abuse, where I couldn't, like, speak up, you know, to say, like, you know, even with the verbal abuse, like, I couldn't speak up to say, like, what you're doing is hurting me, you know, even with the sexual abuse, I couldn't even say, like, that you bringing this person back into our house is making me feel uncomfortable, and because I couldn't voice the big things, it was hard to even voice the small things, you know? So even now, like yeah. sometimes even small things will happen. I'm just like, whatever, dude, pick and choose your battles, right? But I think the Lord lately is showing me, like Christina, the big things in your life were never validated. So you, the smaller things, it's almost like a big job versus a small job. But the Lord's showing me that he cares about all of it, you know? And yeah. he really sees like the, the small things. And a couple weeks ago, the Lord had, I had experienced, um, sexual harassment somewhere a couple of years ago and the Lord one day in church just brought it to the surface and said Christina like I want to validate to you that that was wrong <laughs> and how when you spoke up about it you know and people like silenced you like it was wrong and how when that person sexually harassed someone else and it was witnessed by other people that tried to silence you and then that person was finally dealt with um, and how they never apologized to you like that was wrong you know it was in a faith setting as well and it was just like a whole thing but yeah but i just really realized that the lord was uh, like christina like i care about the small things i care about the big things because i've i try i i resonate a summer that i think i i i had let people walk all over me for so long because i truly believed that that's really all that i was worth and i felt like i didn't really have um i don't want i don't know how to put it but i felt like i didn't know how to speak up for myself or because I was never given that place to even voice in my own family that hurt me, you know, let alone with friendships, let alone with church, let alone with ministry. But I think um, the Lord really does care and he sees the small things that hurt us and the big things that hurt us. And it's not that we like go to war on every small thing or everything that comes our way, but the Lord really just shows us, like, I see that, you know, and I see that pain and I see that hurt. Um, and what it causes us to do is to set those boundaries. What it caused me to do is set boundaries of people now to where I no longer put myself in those positions. And some of those things I can't even keep from happening. Things just happen. But yeah. now I'm able to just be like, hey, no, you know, I'm going to stop it right here so it doesn't go any further. Or boundaries you know, but yeah just boundaries yeah but i'm like you summer like i'm more of a kind of laid back human being yeah. um and so yeah it's 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 a process man like i'm 33 and i'm honestly still having to learn that daily the whole boundaries thing and how to speak up for myself it's hard but it's a journey yeah, yeah. and I, I think there's like uh it was in church on wednesday and my, the pastor was talking about righteousness fatigue and how like doing the right thing like can get really tiring and I think it really validated and I think you're we're experiencing the same thing where it's like dude like it's been going on so long like you know you get to a point where it's like okay you almost feel like God doesn't care but I think that it's not that I think it's what I just said you just get like 
it's like you just want to do the right thing and I think that that is a beautiful thing about your heart that you want to just keep you know giving grace like letting go and then just creating boundaries so that of course it doesn't happen in the future well to to encourage you both that the, you know the Lord just dropped the scripture in my mind um you know don't grow weary in doing good for in due time you will reap if you don't grow weary you know what i mean like i paraphrased for you there and um anna uh, behind the scenes if you can find it put that scripture up for those who are watching us on live stream but i mean it's true i love that he called it what is it righteousness weary righteousness what? fatigue <laughs> i love that righteousness fatigue yeah, because you know what happens a lot of times. Look, I find this all the time. Like, I'm trying to live my life a certain way. I want to be God's girl. I want to love people. I want to forgive people all the time, you know. And but there it is, Galatians 6 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And it I think it's important to have to read it. That's the NIV translation, which I really love because I love that it basically explains that we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Well, I think the harvest that we reap is watching maybe a person or a situation change because we've chosen to continue to love and forgive and stand in prayer for that person or that situation. Mm -hmm. And I think we also reap a harvest inside of ourselves because look, the testing of our patients, you know, produces a deeper faith, you know, the, the testing of our ability to love others who aren't necessarily showing us love back produces in us a deeper reliance on God to continue to love, you know, and at the end of the day, it is intricate to our identity that we rely on God, you know, that he is our strength. He is our righteousness. Like we have to know that if not, we'll, we'll go off thinking that we're, you know, we can do good all by ourselves. The only thing you can do all by yourself is bad, <laughs> but you need Jesus to do good all the time by yourself. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that, that's that's all I have ever found to be true, not just in me, but in everyone around me. You know, that's why I love the scripture. You know, when Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, I will abide in you, right? He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Some translations say you can do no good thing. You know, if we're outside of the tree, of God that we are drawing our food and our nourishment and our life from. We're a branch. We live because we're a part of the tree that is rooted in the truth, right? Of, in the earth. But when you cut a branch off from the tree, what does it do? It, shri it shrivels up and it dies. Mm -hmm. Falls on the ground, it shrivels up and it dies and it's no more, you know? And leaves don't grow on it anymore fruit doesn't blossom on it anymore. You know, we need to stay rooted in the foundation of our identity, which is God through Christ Jesus, you know, and it's so hard to figure out for me, like when I see so much that is wrong with the world and I see so much deception that Satan is, is using on on the world, on people, you know, I get so angry and it, it, it sounds like an anger toward those people or that group or this group, or, and it's not, it's an anger with sin, you know, it's a real anger with sin and, and how the enemy makes people look so bad, but they think that they look good and they don't know, you know, that they're being deceived and that the world is laughing at them. You know, I mean, I was reading a story about a, a trans woman who raped another woman violently in one of our prisons here in the U.S. recently. And I mean, I was like, well, finally, there's the issue that I've known was coming for a long time. Like, you're, you still have put a man in prison with a bunch of women with his desires. And that manifested itself in rape of a woman. 
and they're they're putting this this trans woman into pris- into the men's prisons now because she keeps repeatedly raping women but it's he who's raping these women you know and it's like we the labels you know like labels to me don't matter reality matters truth matters we're all so caught up in labels you know I mean, someone stopped me in a conversation and said, oh, but that's not what they refer to themselves as. And I was like, I'm confused because that's what they're presenting as. So I, you know, I I am trying to love. I am not trying to spend my time figuring out which label. I don't care what you label me. Just love me and honor me and respect me. Period. You know? So, I mean, I, I, I would love to you know, get to another video today, but I will save that, you know, for next time. And I just think, you know, if, if you, in, in sort of your identity, do, do either of you have a, you know, I, I, and I'd love this. I I have this question because Christina Boudreaux, you're, you're like 30, right? You're our 30 something year old. Summer, you're 20, you're our 20 something year old, right? Here, here on Girl Club. And is there an i is there a scripture or something that you think is a powerful thing to give to your generation identity wise? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, <laughs> okay, we got the twenty year old. The twenty year old jumped up there like, oh my gosh, yes, yeah. I love it. Yes. All, all right, my mini me, go for it. I use it on my. I use it on all of my friends. Um, I don't know the scripture, like the chapter in the book and stuff, but it's, it talks about how we're beautifully and wonderfully made. Um, and I use that all the time because I think a big, big thing that people might struggle with, especially women, is not feeling beautiful and not feeling thin enough or thick enough or mm. et cetera. And I don't even think it's just like in the modeling world. It's like regular, like my friends, like my closest friends yeah. from high school, from college, like they just their biggest thing is insecurity. Should I post this photo? Do I look good? Do I not? Like, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to gain weight. And like, you know, or they're, you know, having relationships where they're getting cheated on and they don't feel good enough and, or they're not where they want to be at in life. Like the list goes on. And so I think the biggest thing is that we're beautifully and wonderfully made and we don't, we don't even get to labor ourselves. If I feel like I'm not if I feel like I'm ugly, I don't even have a place to say that about myself because I'm not the one who created me and God is, you know, if he made me beautifully and wonderfully made, if he made everything about me, then what about me is not perfect. If he, if he made every single thing about me, my, my looks, my personality, everything about me, what is not perfect? What is there that I could say that's valid, mm. like negative about myself? Not one thing. I'm literally made perfect in my looks. I'm made perfect in my personality. And everything in my, everything about my design is perfect for my purpose in my life. So there's nothing that needs to change. And even if I'm not feeling super confident today, well, I don't get to speak like negativity over myself because like God is the one that made me. And me saying that I'm ugly or I'm not good enough is like disrespecting his creation. And I mean, I don't want to disrespect mm. But anyway, so that's the one, that's the one I always use on my friends. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh! Okay, kicked knowledge kicked from the twenty year old. Like I, you just spoke a word for me today because I me do too. it all. Yeah, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I, I'm so this or oh, I need to I need to lose this. I need to drop ten pounds. Oh, I can't. And when I think about the fact that I'm literally just spitting in God's face because God's looking at me going, okay, seriously. Like I knew, I I knew you were going to be who you are exactly today, right now, down to the minute, the second and the hour. And that was good enough for me. I created you anyway. Yeah. Like, wow. And there's wow. something I wanted to add to it. When you were speaking before you asked this question, something came into my mind, but it didn't really make sense, but now it's starting to make sense of why it came to my mind. So I'm going to just say it. So the sermon also Wednesday was about how, when we do things our way, he talked about how he was building a furniture bed and he, it was like the canopy beds and he left all these screws out and all the parts out. And he thought it was still going to (laughs) work. And then the, 
<laughs> and then his daughter went to go lay on the bed and it broke. Of course. Like, yeah. When he, well, okay. So he was like, how many times do we do this in our life? We think that we can do a little bit of what God wants and a little bit of what we want. And then our life is supposed to be amazing. It's supposed to turn out blessed, <laughs> prosperous, all the things. Like it's not. And I think that a friend of mine was struggling because she got in a relationship with this man that was just like not good for her. It wasn't like it wasn't like a good situation. And she ended up feeling worthless and insecure. And she really struggled mm. with like big insecurities and like tra- like a traumatic emotions from the and she was in an abusive relationship. And she really, really struggled with like those emotions after. And it really, really brought to my mind what the pastor was saying how you end up with something and it's like it it wasn't supposed to look like this and i told her i was like god never intended did you can did you ask him this is what it feels like when you don't consult god before you make a big decision this is what it feels like it's not supposed to look like this you're not supposed to feel like this and she thinks that like she's taken on this identity of like not being worthy of someone wanting to be with her and like feeling ugly feeling bad about herself but God never intended for her to feel that way because she, he would have never intended her for her to be in a relationship with that man that ended up with all these bad things following it because it, what fruit does it bring? It, it brought bad fruit into her life because it wasn't even supposed to be like what was supposed to be in her life. And so I think that it all goes along with what you're saying because I think that it's just an example of any sin. Like, it's not supposed to look like this because you weren't even, that wasn't the ingredients, you know, like that's (laughs) that's not what God intended for you. That's not, Mm. you know, he said the, it really touched me when he said, um, if you, if you're not being blessed in a certain area, if you're fruit, if you're not bearing fruit, go to your last place of disobedience because that's probably Mm. where it rooted and then it brought bad fruit. So her last, so in, in that example, her last place of disobedience was getting into a relationship with the wrong man. And that last place of disobedience, which God never intended for her to be in this situation because he knew what was going to come out of that. It bore all this bad fruit. Mm. And now mm. she feels insecure. Now she feels not worthy. Now she was in an abusive, toxic relationship for all this time, but she was never meant to have even have been in that situation. Right. He wasn't supposed to look like that. He wasn't supposed to do the bed like that. It wasn't, it wasn't supposed to look like that. Right. Right. And it's interesting you use the analogy of the bed, you know, and relationships, because the reality is that far too many people, Christians included, are jumping into beds they don't belong in with men or women they don't belong in the bed with because that person is not the spouse chosen by God that they have prayerfully Mm. received from God to be with. So they're jumping into beds without any screws or foundation. And when the bed hits the floor and the bed is always going to hit the floor because it's not put together right, you are left feeling naked and ashamed and uncovered and insecure and broke down and lied to because you've gotten into relationship with a lie. You have literally gotten into relationship with a lie and a lie can only ever speak lies to you and about you because truth never comes from a lie. You have got to get into a relationship first and always foremost with the truth and truth will speak truth to you. So no matter what relationship it is, when you leave it, when you change from it, when you grow with it, whatever happens, you will never feel anything but truth, which is freedom and joy and comfort about where you've been and what you've been in. Mm. So true. I mean, (laughs) CB, I mean, I, you know, we're down to the wire here and I wanted to get a a scripture from you for the 30 year olds, but I think Summer might have just given us scripture I, for everybody. I think we're good, dude. I think we're good, to be honest. Yeah, we're good, man. Yeah, we're good, man. We are good. Yes, Weird. yes. And you we know, are we are fearfully one, and wonderfully. Oh, go on, Summer. Go on, baby. One more thing. Um, I because I just want to get it all out. Whatever I'm I feel like I'm supposed to say, I just want to make sure. Get, get it out, get it out, Nisi Poo. Do it, girl. Um, 
you know, I think that, I think some people think that, oh, only the people on TV or only the people on podcasts or only these people are called to something. Every single person on this earth has a purpose. And Mm -hmm. like, there's another cost to like disobedience and not, you know, doing God's business plan for your life. It always affects other people too. You won't reach the people you're supposed to reach. You know, the the analogy, the analogy, the example that the pastor used was that, you know, you marry the wrong person, that affects the kids too and their life and the and the course that they were supposed to have, that affects them. It doesn't just affect you. That's the thing about sin and why it's so bad. Like, because it doesn't just affect your life, it affects everyone around you. And then what about all the people you were supposed to reach? And what about all the people you were supposed to touch with your life, with your purpose? And now you don't. It doesn't just affect you it affects everyone else around you not only is your life not up to the fullest blessing and potential that it was meant to be that god has for you then now you're not touching and blessing the lives of the people that he put with the purpose that he put in you wow that was a word for me that was a word that was like that was like a word amongst a whole bunch of other words you spoke today uh summer you have been preaching and i'm i'm grateful to receive it because i gotta tell you you're right and i i realized that in looking at the life of joseph uh recently Mm. and it's like if joseph hadn't been thrown into a pit and sold into slavery and then had a, been accused of rape, which got him before, you know, the king, then Jacob and his brothers would have all died in the famine. So the whole thing of Joseph being sold into, a, a, sold into slavery was to set up Joseph becoming second in charge to Pharaoh in the land. And then, for, of course, forgiving his brothers because God already knew Joseph's heart. Joseph had a heart for God. Um, and, then, and then, you know, taking care of them all through the famine and if that hadn't happened, Jesus wouldn't have come. Jesus wouldn't be here. So when you connect the whole thing, because see, one of Joseph's brothers is who Jesus comes through the line of one of Joseph's brothers, Judah. And if Judah were dead, the, the line of Christ that was ordained for Christ to come through from the beginning of time would never have happened. And if there was no Jesus, there's no savior. There's no us right now today. And I now really, in, I, I look at things in hindsight a lot. Like we have to, in securing ourselves in our identity in Christ, in God, we have to look at the way the circumstances of our lives have knit themselves together. I mean, you know, it can go all the way back to day one. I mean, Christina Boudreaux, I mean, I know you have had some challenges and some horrible stuff with your family, but who's to say that it hasn't produced in you an eternal weight of glory that benefits so many women who've been abused around the world? You know, Summer, I mean, I think about the circumstances and situations in my life that led me to your Uncle Roger, that led me to changing my life for Christ that led me to, you know, all these things, which, which I've been blessed to be able to share with you. And I look at where you are today and I'm like, who's to say that where you are, isn't about three generations down the road where God's like, I got something for y'all. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> like keep partnering with me. I got a plan. I got a plan. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And I'm telling you, like, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I, I, as we leave you today, I just want to leave you with this. You are a beautiful, incredible, intricate, important part of the tapestry of what God is creating with mankind through to the return of Jesus Christ through to heaven. And I just encourage you to hold on, grab his hand. Find your identity in him. Find out who he is because that will keep you strong when you're focused on your little small part in this great big play called God's plan for the world. Your small part is not the only part. And sometimes it may feel scary and overwhelming and confusing, 
But if you hold on to the hand of the man with the bigger plan, you will begin to see that the bigger plan is not, it's not impacted or shifted because we go through momentary trials and tribulations. It's not. So, Summer, I love you so much, honey. I love you guys. I love you. And Boudreaux, Boudreaux, I love you. I think you guys are just amazing young women of God. And um, I feel so blessed to have so many amazing women of God who tune in and share and and write us letters. And um, I'm grateful to Life Audio for hosting us. Um, It's a great platform, you guys, where there are other great podcasts that you can check out. Um, I just happen to be a little partial to Girl Club because I think we're a very special place. So I just encourage you, man, to just join, you know, Um, put on what you need to put on in your car as you go through your day, you know, because there's nothing like filling up on the word of God and filling up on godly experiences and listening to godly people share knowledge. Because if you feed that faith muscle in your life, it becomes the strongest muscle in your life. And I got to tell you, I think that muscle also becomes the most important muscle in your life, your heart. Your heart is a muscle. And when your heart is full of the knowledge of who God is and who you are because of that, your whole body works the way it's supposed to work. So I'm Cynthia Garrett with Christina Boudreaux and Summer Garrett. We just want to thank you guys for being a part of Girl Club this week. Um, We are real girls having real talk about real issues while seeking to apply real faith. And we love you with a real and, and, and unending love. And we will see you next week. Do the identity challenge. Hey there, it's Carly Mercoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.